0: Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner and my guest today is Vina Jetty. Welcome Vina.
1: Hello, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be here
0: well i'm very pleased too because you know the art of medicine includes uh, scholarly works that we talk about and uh, spiritual things but also you know sometimes it, what makes the world go round is love and sometimes what makes the world go round is is money so we're here today to talk about some of the financial aspects of kind of uh, you know getting through your life and i i understand that you do primarily real estate is that right but yes, you've kind absolutely. of put together a, a whole sort of way of doing it. So tell tell us your background and about your company.
1: Yeah, so I'm the founder of a company called Vive Funds, V-I-V-E-F-U-N-D-S. Um, and essentially, not only do I do real estate, I'm like a one trick pony. So similar to how you are specialized in medicine, my specialty is in the class B value add multifamily space. Um, so all I do is class B, value-add multifamily. And actually, I even go even narrower and I do only large multifamilies. So I am 200 units and above at this point. All right, so I'm
0: going to stop you right there. I know about Class B airspace. You know, pilots Mm -hmm. have to deal with certain kinds, but I don't even know what Class B means.
1: Yes, so what Class B means is it is usually going to be like a 1980s vintage asset or newer, meaning it was constructed in 1980s or sometime between usually the early 2000s and 1980. Um, It's also going to be in kind of a nicer location. It's going to be maybe somewhere you would have lived when you were a resident, right? It's not going to be where you're living as an attending necessarily, but it'll be somewhere you would have lived as a resident where you're making good enough money to afford something that's in a relatively okay area. Maybe it's walkable. Um, And so it's really about the sub market. So your class A properties are like your Manhattan penthouse.
0: Trump Tower.
1: Yeah, exactly. Those would be considered class A because of the amenities that come with it, the location, et cetera. So that's how you determine different classes. So
0: class B is you do have to lock the door, but you don't need three locks.
1: Yes, exactly. You don't need bars on your windows. Um, You don't need any multiple locks. Maybe you have like a deadbolt and a regular lock.
0: and then it's 200 units or more or less
1: more anything above 200 units will target in our portfolio now
0: so well as an individual i certainly wouldn't go out and buy an apartment building that had 200 units at least
1: probably not um so that's actually the problem that my company solves for so uh, i'm married to a physician as well he's an anesthesiologist and One of the things that I found is physicians, especially in in their investments, they wanna be invested into real estate, but everybody thinks you need to buy, you know, your single family home, your condo, you need to Airbnb, and it's not true. You can get to scale, you can get to diversification when you have these larger assets. But the last deal we closed, for example, was a $78 million deal we purchased in uh, Atlanta.
0: Definitely out of my price range
1: there. Probably out of most physicians' price range, unless they have like some kind of great medical patent, right? So uh, what we do is we do, I like to kind of consider it to be the Groupon of investing. So it's collective buying. We put together a group of investors and instead of writing an $80 million check, you might write a $50,000 check or a $100,000 check. And we started do, taking in investor dollars really is a function of necessity. It to me, you know, I'm in a physician family. I understand the nuance of having, you know, high debt loads, starting investing ten years behind your peers and counterparts, and real estate is massively tax advantage. It also creates cash flow and it builds long term wealth. The majority of this country's millionaires and billionaires made a lot of their money in real estate and continue to hold real estate. And I just simply didn't think it was fair that families like ours, where, you know, there is a high income earner in the house just can't access these deals. And so I wanted to kind of bridge that gap. And so that's where, you know, my company was born.
0: So i just going to cut to the chase here and How do I know this isn't a scam? I mean, I get these propositions at least once a week.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So there are a lot of scams out there. So definitely caveat emptor. Um, What you will have from any sponsor who is seasoned, because what I do is I am actually selling an unregistered security. Uh, We actually have to register with the SEC, which sounds totally Really counterintuitive, uh, but we have to tell them like, hey, SEC, we're exempt from all of your rules under this regulation, but this is what we're planning on doing. So there's a website called edgar.gov, E-D-G-A-R. It's a government website. It's the SEC website. When you have a sponsor that gives you a deal that you're interested in looking at, you can actually take that information and you can put it into the Edgar site and it should pop up with the securities filing. Um, You know, it's probably one of the easiest ways to look up whether or not this is real. Um, Also, you can ask for any referrals from other investors. My investor database is really primarily a referral database. Um, About 70% of my investors are physicians and just by nature, you know, I get one partner in the practice and then all the partners of the practice come into the next deal. Um, And you can also, when you go to like the different websites and stuff like that, you should be able to see the clear portfolio and understand who you're investing with. But the most important thing that you're going to look at is um, when you invest, there's a document called a PPM, which is a private placement memorandum. If anybody asks you to invest without one, I would definitely be weary. It could could be real, but it's not the proper way of doing things. The PPM is, you know, when you have to read like a thousand pages before you sign a contract and it's like all this legal garbage mumbo jumbo, that's what your PPM is. It will spell out everything. It'll spell out the risks of it. It will spell out the business plan, who is running the asset, the decision makers, um, their track record, all of that should be spelled out in the document, the fees you're, be, you're paying, um, your investment amounts, how the distributions work, all of that will be spelled out there. Um, so when you have that document and you sign that document, it should be countersigned by the person you're investing with and yourself. And then you can make the investment after that. But that's what really shows where you're- so Who at.
0: writes that? Where, where does that document originate?
1: Yeah, very expensive attorneys. Uh, So the SEC attorney who does our filing for um, our unregistered security registration is the one that also does our PPM documents.
0: So the PPM comes from you?
1: Yes, yes. Your sponsor or we're called sponsors, your general partner, um, the active investor in the deal. We're the ones that will issue you that document so that you have it all clearly documented what you're investing into and that you're actually invested into it so it protects me and it protects you both
0: so the investor so you are the active investor okay. and then the people that these uh, physicians or other invent they send you a check they're the passive so the only thing they have to do is foot the bill and you're going to yes. find the property and assess the property and yep. i don't know fix the property and whatever else has to happen all all comes from you. Absolutely.
1: Dr. Wellner, are you sure you haven't done this before?
0: Well, I do listen to a lot of podcasts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, that's exactly it. We take the project from cradle to grave. So we locate the deal, we do the due diligence, we negotiate it, we put it under contract, we implement all of the property management, we do um, all of the execution on the value add side of the deal. Um, we will then refinance it. We'll finance it in the beginning. Um, We'll stack all of the equity. So we'll bring all of the capital to the deal uh, through investors, through ourselves. We co-invest with all of our investors on every deal we do. And then we will eventually exit the property. So we'll handle the sale of the asset. And so we we handle everything. It's a truly passive investment for the LP in the deal or the limited partner in the deal.
0: So are you trying to, uh, main, do you make money by saying, fixing up an apartment complex and then keeping it or by selling it?
1: Yeah. So we're in the value add space specifically. So a big portion of our business model is going in and renovating units or bringing them up to market through some kind of value add plan. Um, so, Typically, the way we underwrite our deals or we look at our deals is that we're going to hold it for a period of about five years, give or take a year or two. And it varies project by project, but five years is like our average hold target. We will exit sooner if there's a good reason to do so. We'll exit later if we think that there's a better opportunity in the future. We're always reevaluating that. One of the ways we could exit is either to sell to another investor who will come in and just buy it from us, and then we'll close the project out. Um, Or we could do what's called a recap or recapitalization of the fund. So we could go back to our investors and say, hey, we are going to recap all of the investors. So what that means is we're going to buy out their position in the investment. And then either that can be done with a new investor with us or it can be done by us, but typically we're exiting the deal entirely.
0: All right. So, hypothetically, I find $50,000 under the mattress mm-hmm, you
1: know, right. tonight
0: when I go to sleep, and I contact you and you say, "Okay, that's what we need for, you know, deal X. It's a 300, mm-hmm. you know, apartment building in downtown Chicago, somewhere, Perfect. right?" Mm-hmm. So, then what happens? I mean, I, I just like forget about you for 5 years and then I get a check <laughs> or, you know, what well,
1: what I, mean, happens? I hope not. Um, yeah. So it, this is, again, going to be sponsor dependent because it can be structured a whole bunch of different ways. Um, the way we structure our deals, I actually i am a glutton for punishment. So I pay my investors on a monthly basis. Um, so once I with the exception of once we close the deal, it usually takes about 90 days for me to get that first payment out. And that's just really administrative hassle. Um, I say that, but we closed a deal on June 30th. So essentially July 1st, the first payment would theoretically be due at the end of October. I'm getting ready to make a distribution this week or next week. So um, investors are getting their return two months earlier than we thought, but it all accrues anyway. So at that 90-day mark, I pay out to catch them up to that 90-day mark.
0: Now, is um, that payment, so that must be pre-arranged. Or does that float? In other words, do I know I'm gonna get $999.99 every month for the next five years? Is that the way
1: it works? That's a very good question. So theoretically, if you have a good sponsor, you know what they are going to be returning you because they've projected it out and hopefully they've projected it out either accurately or conservatively. So they're paying you more than they thought. Um, it's funny, I've never had an investor be upset when I gave them more money than they were expecting. And so that's kind of what we like to do when we're projecting, we under promise and over deliver. So there's what's called a PREF return or a preferred return. And what that is, is that is the first 100% of profit goes to you as the LP in the deal. So for math's sake, let's say you invested $100,000. And let's say that there is a 6% preferred return with a 70-30 equity split. What that means is the first 100% of profits from the property are going to go to you until you get $6,000 in one year. After that, then we do what's called an equity split. And this is one of the ways that I make my money is I'm going to say, hey, Dr. Wellner, you put up the capital, you took on risk. I'm going to give you 70% of every dollar that flows after that 6%. So you get the first 6,000 and then you get 70%. So let's say there's $10,000 to distribute additionally. You take 7,000 and I get 3,000. And so now your total return is based on your prep, Plus the equity split. If the proper, but that money comes from the cash flow of the property. So if the property is not operating well, or if there's some kind of unplanned expense, or you know, a global pandemic happens and you're not really sure what's gonna happen, uh, you may have a sponsor who will either pause distributions or if they, you know, in today's day, we already know that COVID exists. So really, your your sponsor should have already accounted for those nuances and made those adjustments appropriately when projecting. So on my deals, it's going to be a fixed amount every month, um, which is going to be that $6,000 divided by 12. I'm going to send that to you at the end of every month. And then if there's any additional like that $10,000 where I need to send you an additional 7,000, I'm going to either send that with the 12th payment or as an additional 13th payment. Um, But generally, it's going to be fixed. And hopefully they've underwritten it to the point where they're performing above where the pref hurdle is.
0: Right. Well, as you point out, there's a lot of uh, unforeseen circumstances that can occur. Occupancy rate. I know that's been a big issue uh,
1: in uh, assisted
0: living places, for example, where Mm -hmm. people, you know, died and then new people not coming and, you know, the cash flow kind of so, you know, if I put my $100,000 in U.S. Treasury, they're going to guarantee me, you know, 1.1%, right? Over for yeah. 10 years. Yes. Now, do I have any guarantees if I give you the 100000
1: You do not. So anybody who uses the words promise, guarantee, even safe, I don't really like to use those words uh, because there's not a guarantee. And that's what the PPM will disclose is all the risks that you could lose your money. Your neighbors could lose their money, You know, everybody could lose their money in the deal. And that really is the apocalyptic worst case scenario. With that being said, real estate in general does not tend to fluctuate um, and multifamily historically is the most stable and highest re- returning asset class um, from like a sharp ratio perspective. So historically it's returned the highest amount of returns for the least amount of risk. And it would be highly unlikely that you would lose 100% of your principal, but it's definitely a possibility. Anybody that says otherwise is not being very truthful.
0: And I assume you have some kind of track record where you could say, well, these are our last hundred you know, investments and these are how they turned out. So yes. somebody could look at that and see whether that makes sense to them. Is that right?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I don't like to use track record alone to evaluate a deal today, mainly because deals that were done like five years ago, three years ago, even two years ago, they were vastly different than where we are today in the market. So you want to make sure that, yes, that they do have that track record. Currently, our portfolio has about half a billion dollars in it. Um, But you want to make sure that they have appropriately adjusted and they're not looking at deals the same way we did 18 months ago because we're just in a different environment today
0: and just to be clear so that there's no question of conflict of interest uh, none of that half a billion dollars is actually mine
1: <laughs> i mean you could buy it from us everything's for sale it could be <laughs>
0: it could be all right good to know good right. to know yes. all right no so conflicted. I want to touch on one other thing, and, and that is your, uh, it sounds like your company's pretty successful, and I know you you uh, spend a lot of your time on philanthropy, and mm-hmm. I'm here in Memphis. We have St. Jude Hospital. Tell me your connection with, with St. Jude.
1: Yeah, so I, clearly, I professionally fundraise, um, but it's also something that's translated really well into actually kind of grassroots efforts, and so... Um, St. Jude's. I think it was about two years ago now. I did a fundraiser for St. Jude's. So every time there's like a birthday or there's you know something special to celebrate, uh, usually we choose a charity. You know, around Christmas time we do the same thing. We choose a charity and. You know, it's really unfortunate because I make all of my friends either write me a check or give me their time for whatever my most recent endeavor is. Um, so with St. Jude's, uh, we just did a fundraiser for that and we raised funds to support some of the uh, initiatives. It's a great program. And then, um, you know, there's a CHOP is the most recent one we did. We've recently done one with ALL, the Leukemia Society. Um, and so we, we choose different organizations that mean something to us or that are important to us in some way. Uh, You know, we did one for Susan G. Komen. And so every time I actually close a multifamily deal, I actually do a little tiny fundraiser afterward for uh, a charitable cause.
0: Wow, that's a nice way to uh, celebrate. Yes. And uh, give back. And also, uh, you know, we can't help but wish you well and more profitability uh, since you've already decided that you're gonna you're gonna share it with the world, so if uh, for all those people with you know fifty thousand dollars under the mattress and don't know what to do with it, you know, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so there's two different things I would actually suggest. So one is if you're brand new and you have never invested, but you want to learn about passively investing and evaluating these types of deals, I have a masterclass which is taught by all people with active experience, we all are active investors, and our SEC attorney does come on there and go through a lot of the legal side, how to actually vet sponsors correctly. I gave you a little teaser, there's a lot more nuance to it. Um, And it's a six week course and there's a live component to it as well, but it's also evergreen, so you can watch the videos at your leisure. And it's called it's very creative it's called the multi-family master and so that website is mfmasterclass.com and then if you are interested in looking at our portfolio our offerings you can go to my website it's vibefunds.com v-i-b-e-f-u-n-d-s.com and there's an investor portal you can click there you can sign up for a spot on there and you can actually um, schedule a call with me so that I can answer your individual questions and kind of give you a better overview of the process
0: oh that's great now I'll, I'll put those links here so people watching you. on uh, YouTube can uh, see them and if you're uh... Listening on a podcast player, you're just going to have to go back and listen to it again if, <laughs> yeah. if you missed it. Well, Vina, thank you so much. This has been uh, enlightening. I feel like I learned something. And usually when I learn something, I realize I have a whole lot more to learn. Uh, so <laughs> I may goes. have you uh, back on the program. So thank Beautiful. you thank so much you. for joining me on The Art of Medicine.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: This program is hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Wilner, MD, FACP, FAAN. Guests receive no financial compensation for their appearance on The Art of Medicine. Andrew Wilner, MD, is Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this program belong solely to Dr. Wilner and his guests and not necessarily to their employers, organizations, or other group or individual. While this program intends to be informative, it is meant for entertainment purposes only. The art of medicine does not offer professional financial, legal, or medical advice. Dr. Wilner and his guests assume no responsibility or liability for any damages, financial or otherwise, that arise in connection with consuming this program's content. Thanks for watching. For more episodes of The Art of Medicine, please subscribe. www.andrewwilner.com